This hour by Frederick Remington Fully Cooked Ready to Eat Bacon. Exclusive no refrigeration 10 year extended shelf life bacon. The thickest media center cut bacon in the industry at fullycookedbacon.com. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. I'm not a crook. If you like your health care plan, you'll be able to keep your health care plan. Listening to Jim Paris Live, your source for the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now your host, the editor-in-chief of ChristianMoney.com and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris. All right, welcome to hour number two of the broadcast. Uh, excited to have back with us. I don't know when he was with us last. Maybe it was a year ago or, or maybe a little bit longer than that. Uh, his name is Robert W. Sullivan IV, and we're going to just call him Rob now for the rest of the interview. A really interesting guy, uh, wrote the book Cinema Symbolism, now has another book, Cinema Symbolism Two, all about these hidden messages inside movies. And not only is he an expert on movies and, and all of this, but he's also a lawyer, uh, a theologian, uh, he has expertise in antiques, uh, just a super interesting Renaissance man. Uh, Rob, good to have you back with us, sir. Oh, hi, Jim. Thank you for having me on your show tonight. It's much appreciated, and uh, it's a pleasure to be here, and thank you for inviting me on. Uh, I look forward to the uh, conversation tonight. Well, yes, sir. M- me as well. And um, I've got the, all the information on the new book and everything, and I want to get to that. But I wanted to start maybe by talking a little bit about what's happening in the movie business, just to get your thoughts on this. Um, So what I'm seeing is a decentralization of Hollywood. That is, we're no longer seeing all the movies being made in Southern California. They're being made all over the country, all over the world, and by small, smaller outfits like Netflix is producing a lot of stuff. Of course, Amazon is producing a lot of stuff. I guess they wouldn't be wouldn't be fair to call them small. Um, but does this in any way sort of add to or take away from the idea of the quote-unquote conspiracy theory of these hidden messages? In other words, now that we know it's not just three or four studios, but we've now got everybody and their brother in the movie business is this continuing or or is it lessening? Oh, I think it's continuing. Um, I don't think necessarily the location of the movie shoot um, determines, you know, you know, if there's esoteric imagery. My, my experience with this is that it's it's usually the filmmakers themselves, the directors, the producers, the screenwriters and their level of uh, sophistication. It, it can vary from what one person to another. Uh, some movies are totally devoid of it. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. Some filmmakers seem to go to great lengths to incorporate esoteric imagery and themes and undercurrents. Other, other filmmakers, uh, not so much, uh, and, and not necessarily putting the material or this imagery in film necessarily makes it a hit. Um, there are many movies that do not have it that are very popular. So, um, it, it just seems to be, in my, in my experience in, in doing this, it just seems to, you have to take each individual movie almost on a case-by-case basis and just look at it individually um, in its own context and see if, if what, if anything's even there. And, and so when you did your research into all this going into book number two now, these hidden messages and symbols in movies, did you find, like, I'm just going to use this as a crazy example, Netflix, House of Cards, or something like that, are we talking still about the sort of traditional movies coming out of Hollywood or does this also include things like a House of Cards, Netflix, or uh, an Amazon-produced uh, uh, movie or series, like a you know twelve-episode season of something? Are you finding these symbols in those sort of non-traditional areas as well? 
Right. It's a great question. You'll find it in, in, in definitely in the mainstream movies coming out of Hollywood in your you know, theater productions. Uh, as far as Amazon and Netflix, I, I'll be honest with you, I really haven't watched too many of their series. So I'm not going to say yes or no. I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't say yes or no until I saw the show. I can tell you it's definitely on TV. Um, you know, there was a, a television show. It's interesting. It just wrapped up. Uh, it was on for five seasons. It was on A&E. Uh, it was called Bates Motel. Uh, it was sort of a re retelling, reinvention of uh, the 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 psycho by Alfred Hitchcock. Hitchcock, excuse me. And it was it was interesting. It was a good show. I I very much enjoyed enjoyed the, the the program. And it was on for five years. And series or years one through four, I watched. I really didn't see anything uh, in it specific that was esoteric or was meant to conjure something else or any sort of you know odd imagery or or anything like that. Until they got around to this last year, which again just concluded back in April of, uh, you know, a few months ago. And the, the final season, season, season five, had all kind of stuff going on inside of it. So, uh, you know, again, it's, it's perhaps they got a new production crew or they decided to wait till the end. But, yeah, you, 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 you could definitely find it on, on television shows. Um, like I said, with Amazon and Netflix, I haven't really watched too many of their programs. But I, I'll answer it this way. I wouldn't be at all surprised if it wasn't in there. Uh, th that would come as no surprise to me. Yeah, so it just this this the movie industry is just changing so dramatically. Of course, you have the you know cinematic type movies where you know everybody wants to go see like a Star Trek or a Star Wars things like that. You want to go see that on the super big screen. But I just finished watching a Netflix series called The Ozarks. Interestingly enough, it was filmed in a in a in a community outside of Atlanta, not in the Ozarks, because they sure. got a tax credit from the state of Georgia and. They bought a, a small hotel and bar, actually went in and bought those two locations to, to film the series in. So that Netflix actually bought the property. Then th that became the set uh, for the show as opposed to like building a soundstage somewhere. So like this is all just, you know, crazy how it's changing. And then this new $10 a month deal where for 10 bucks a month, I don't know if you know about this, you can get unlimited, you can go watch unlimited movies now for 10 bucks a month at the movie theater no i wasn't aware of that but it's it's not uncommon at all for hollywood to film in one location and pretend it's another um i'm here in baltimore and baltimore it constantly doubles for washington dc uh in in many films uh this is because of all the security in in the federal district uh the one diehard movie that was supposed to take place in washington that was filmed here in baltimore and the show you mentioned earlier house of cards uh, that that's routinely filmed here, which doubles for Washington. So, um, you know, you know, if a filmmaker can, you know, get get a, you know, sort of a, you know, government building that has neoclassical architecture, they'll just throw it in and say, oh, you know, it's Washington D.C. So yeah, and they're uh, going to follow yeah. the money, so they get a tax credit, and you know, exactly. why not uh, have the government subsidize it? Okay, so I'm sure what a lot of people are 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 we're going to first hit hit you with this, which is. For those that didn't read the first book, that didn't hear our first interview, give us like a couple of examples of what we're talking about when we talk about this symbolism that we find in movies. Give us a couple of these so people kind of know that might be new to this topic what in the world we're talking about. Right. I've written two books on this, and the second book is really sort of a sequel to the first book. What I talk about is I don't necessarily go into like this Illuminati mind control conspiracy. I kind of stay away from that. But I do get into this esoteric underlying themes that are clearly present in films and, you know, what the filmmakers like to do to convey these messages or, or, or hidden meanings, uh, examples of this. Um, you know, I, I, I mean, there are numerous, like I said, I've written two books on this. One, for example, that just comes to mind for whatever reason is in the movie Black Swan by Darren Aronofsky. He's got a new movie out right now called Mother, which I'm told is very symbolic. I haven't seen it. There's a, the, the movie Black Swan is highly symbolic, loads of esoteric undercurrents in it. For instance, there's a scene at the very beginning of it where the Natalie Portman character, Nina Sayers, is going into the ballet company. And there's a giant banner hanging on the wall. Uh, with Beth McIntyre on it. That's the Winona Ryder character. If you're familiar with the movie, Winona Ryder is a very self-destructive um, in, the, uh, in the story. And there's a date on the poster. It says, you know, new winter classics reinvented or something for this. Well, anyway, the date is February 12th, of all things. Well, if the date of February 11th was in there, when it was the date of February 15th. All right, we're going to pick up after the break. I think we might have... Uh 
just lost the Skype connection with Rob, but we will figure that out. Good timing. And we'll talk about what he was about to share with us about the date of February 12th and a lot more as we discuss Cinema Symbolism 2 with Robert Sullivan. Stay tuned. Back pain doesn't take vacations. It never celebrates holidays. It's on the job 24-7 to keep your life exactly where it is, in limbo. But it doesn't have to be that way because Laser Spine Institute can help you take back your life from chronic neck and back pain. With a less than one inch incision, our minimally invasive procedures have provided relief to over 60,000 patients with a 97% patient satisfaction rate. So get ready to stand tall and live the life you've imagined for yourself without pain. Are you or a loved one suffering from a bulging disc herniated disc, spinal stenosis, pinched nerve, or degenerative disc disease? Call our spine care consultants now at 855-510-BACK for a no-cost MRI review and to learn more. It's time to say goodbye to chronic neck and back pain. Call 855-510-BACK to see if laser spine surgery is right for you. That's 855-510-BACK. What have you got to lose? Laser Spine Institute, the leader in minimally invasive spine surgery. In an emergency, you need a fire now. But what if the wood is wet? No problem for InstaFire. Our non-toxic fire starter packs, light wet wood, can even burn on water or in any weather. Sustains winds up to 30 miles per hour, and each pouch weighs only 1.75 ounces. Need an emergency stove? Get the InstaFire Inferno stove that boils water in under three minutes. Temps up to 1,500 degrees. Free shipping on anything. Go to InstaFire.com slash radio specials and get yours today. InstaFire. Fire in an instant. InstaFire.com slash radio specials. Kiyosaki, Rogers, and Schiff all concur there's an economic calamity that will be facing this country. My question to you is, do you know when and are you prepared? Most people don't, but my friends over at Republic Monetary Exchange have been leading experts in precious metals to help you offset the coming economic collapse. Right now, for a limited time, they have a free book called The 10 Reasons You Should Own Gold. You simply need to give them a call at 888-772-2929 to get that in your hands. Do not allow the insiders to do what they did to you in 2008, putting your IRAs, 401ks, and savings in jeopardy. You need this book, and you need it now. The 10 Reasons You Should Own Gold. Call 888-772-2929. That's 888-772-2929. There's a reason that the largest investment banking company in the world, J.P. Morgan, just purchased another 50 million ounces of silver. This free book will explain it. 888-772-2929. Bad theater seats, cheap Halloween masks, my apartment, all things with obstructed views. Add to these large trucks and buses. 18-wheelers and large buses have big blind spots, and like my apartment, they don't always have the best view. Bus and truck drivers deal with blind spots around the entire vehicle. Always take care not to ride alongside or too close behind them. Our roads, our responsibility. Learn more at sharetheroadsafely.gov. listening to Jim Paris Live. All right, we are back. Our guest is Robert Sullivan. We're talking about Cinema Symbolism 2. So this is the second book in his series. And uh, if you're someone that's interested in movies, if you're someone that's interested in the imagery and symbolism in movies, this is just some really interesting stuff. Now, I think we lost your Skype just as you were going to get to the uh, payoff pitch there. You were going to tell us uh, why in that movie in the background there was the date February 12th and that's the sort of thing that we see these kind of odd it, like why couldn't it have been January 12th but you tell us why February 12th was significant right right and uh, I was uh, during the break uh, your producer came out. I think it had to do with the bumper music coming up uh, I've been here the whole time so it's fine no but just to answer the question um, and to wrap up uh, the date of February 12th is referencing another ball ballerina a, re a real one named uh, Anna Polova uh, that was when she was born it was her birthday February 12th and she is renowned for creating a ballet off of Tchaikovsky's 
uh, Swan Lake, which is, of course, what the movie is all about. Um, and her ballet was called The Dying Swan. And, of course, this is what the um, Winona Ryder character goes through. Uh, so the date is very appropriate um, to play, put that date up there. It's referencing Polova and this ballet she created uh, off of uh, Tchaikovsky's uh, Black Swan called The Dying Swan. If, if you think I'm stretching this point, or you think, oh, this couldn't be, uh, the next time you watch the movie, um, this is actually confirmed at the very end of it. If you, if you sit through the movie and you're watching the credits at the very end, uh, pay attention to when they run run them. Uh, you'll see Winona Ryder is billed as Beth McIntyre, the dying swan, of all things. Uh, so there you have it confirmed. Um, and this is sort of the imagery and, and little things that these movie makers like to imbue their movies with to really try to make it into something else. Um, and I, I wrote two books about it. The first book, um, you know, I, I was on before, you know, talking about this, talking about a slate of movies. Ultimately, um, just to wrap up, um, there were more movies I, w I wanted to talk about. And uh, hence Cinema Symbolism 2 came out. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's just a continuation of the first. And so so as we talked about in, in the first interview, w what's interesting to me is I kind of go back to, you know, my days in the early 1980s, uh, being a Christian, I remember the whole uproar about, like, if you play a certain song backwards, you can hear certain words, and uh, churches were having record-burning gatherings and things like this. Are these messages, are they sinister? Are they in there to sort of, like, subliminally do something to us? Like, I think you mentioned The Shining has a certain number that keeps appearing throughout it. Are they trying to do something to us with this, or is this fun and games for them, or another layer of significance that some brilliant movie maker is just trying to add to what their work is? I think it's the latter. I think it's the latter version. I don't, I don't think it's sinister. Um, I think it could potentially be employed for, for sinister purposes, but I, I think for these guys, it's really a form of mythology making, and this imagery reinforces the myth that they're putting on celluloid. Uh, you know, that's what it seems like it is to me. Um, I guess if you wanted to go down the path of, is it sinister? I would say the probably the most sinister aspect of it would be there's no transparency with it. Uh, you know, they don't tell you they're doing it. Um, but you can find this, you know, in other examples throughout history, not not only in, in film, but in architecture as well. You know, things like the incorporation of the golden rule and, you know, architecture, the Vesica Pisces. Uh, this is it's the same and the whole layout of Washington, D.C., as we've right. seen, you know, the diagrams. Now, now, the one, though, that's always fascinated me, we've talked about it. I don't know if you get into this in the new book or not, but Disney, because Disney is, you know, you think of Disney as like this is for kids um, it's, you know, Mickey Mouse, it's this super innocent thing, but there are some dark things in Disney and movies. Tell us a little bit about that. Right. Disney's an interesting study. Uh, he gets a bit of a bad rap. A lot of his fairy tales, um, are archetypal imagery, the male and female, the unification. Uh, this comes out of folklore and the, you know, the fairy tales of the brother Grimm. Um, Disney gets a bad rap for all this, and there's a sentiment out there that Disney invented this. Um, he did not. In fact, he actually tones it down. Um, those fairy tales are much more darker and sinister than he puts on the screen. Uh, Disney gets another bad rap because in the late 70s, early 80s, uh, Disney didn't know what to do with itself anymore. They kind of run the gamut on the fairy tales, um, and they, they kind of started wanted, they wanted to target adolescents. So they started pro produ producing these very dark movies, um, and they caught a lot of backlash for it, movies such as The Black Hole, uh, which was their answer to Star Wars, uh, the two uh, Witch Mountain movies, which have some very dark themes in them. Certainly, I guess one of the granddaddies of this would be, you know, uh, Something Wicked This Way Comes, very dark movie. Uh, the Black Cauldron was another one. Um, and and Parents were taking their children to see these movies under the guise of, oh, it's a Disney film, where, where these movies were clearly geared for a, the adolescent audience. And, uh, you know, they received a lot yeah, of this ain't Yeah, this ain't the Jungle Book. <laughs> right, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Within the first five minutes, right? And, and they kind of snapped out of it in 89 with The Little Mermaid, where they kind of had this, this Disney renaissance where they were producing the movies uh, every year. And I guess sort of the seminal one is The Lion King, you know, Pocahontas, The Hunchback of Notre Dame. And, and these movies were tremendously successful for Walt Disney. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you, you know, you, th th there are 
you know, hidden, you know, themes in the fairy tales, a lot of archetypal imagery relating to the unification of, you know, this gets into mythology and folklore, the unification of the male and female, the sun and moon, um, the, the uh, Lion King uh, deals with a lot of elements of uh, the Egyptian folklore uh, with Osiris and Horus and the resurrected sun. Uh, there's some very interesting uh, things going on in there. Uh, the Witch Mountain movies also are very dark. Um, and you, you have cl clearly conspiracy, conspiratorial um, and very dark themes. Um, what about the what about Rob? D D Disney aside or, or include Disney in this answer, if you like, uh, just paying homage to like demonic forces or the occult, that sort of thing. Um, you know, whether anybody ever figures it out or not, that maybe, you know, someone that's involved in the production, it may not be the director or the producer or the production company. It might just be someone who's, you know, involved in some way and has access to be able to, to influence things. What about paying homage to dark forces and the occult? How much of that do you get into in your book? Well, I, I wouldn't necessarily, it's paying homage to the occult or dark forces. It's certainly, um, you know, the, the filmmakers, uh, you know, can use esoteric themes in films, um, but I wouldn't necessarily say it's dark forces or anything like that. Um, like I said, it, I, I, the, the, I guess the most sinister aspect of it for me would be that it's being done, uh, there's no transparency with it, uh, which for me is very challenging because I like, like decoding it. But no, I don't, I don't see any sort of evil cabal or anything like that. Um, I, I, don't, I don't really buy into any of that. Um, but there are arcane, you know, I, I will go so far as to say, yes, there are some occult arcane themes, but, um, you know, how evil it is or whatever, I guess to, certain, to a certain aspect, I would say that may be a, a subjective interpretation of it uh what some person might find very un unsettling another person may may not have a problem with it's odd though that we we probably never find like a secret message saying jesus is the son of god <laughs> no. it's, it's uh, do we i mean oh, find jesus, things that are jesus that are positive all, for christianity in there oh no 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 jesus is all over the place in in film really oh right, we'll, get, we'll talk about that and also the exorcist is discussed in the new book a lot more to get into here two more segments with robert sullivan cinema symbolism 2 is the book we'll be back Cancer categorizes over 100 diseases. Though we do not diagnose, treat, or cure cancer, GCN team is offering the Clemson University study where there was up to a 95% reduction in cancerous cells when exposed to a plant-derived mineral supplement. If you or a loved one are searching for answers to this horrifying disease, come to GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. We'll email you a copy for free. That's 877-878-4203. It's a no-brainer. A Big Berkey water filter is the one you need, period. You need a water filter that removes chlorine, fluoride, pharmaceuticals, BPA, and other endocrine disruptors, pesticides, bacteria, viruses, and much more, right? And does it all at only two cents per gallon. Get the original most trusted name in gravity water filtration, Big Berkey. And now GCN listeners receive 5% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN. Call or click 1-877-99-BERKEY or BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Mineral Doctor. You've heard me talk about 90 for Life for years. 60 minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, 2 fatty acids. You may not know this, that I've actually designed Arthur decks for animals. That's right. Your pets need 90 for Life, too. Get this essential pet product by calling 877-279-9422. That's 877-279-9422. Again, 877-279-9422. All survivalists accumulate supplies, but these supplies may be of little use if you don't have your health. Dr. Joel Wallach will teach you how to be more healthy and improve your survival potential. Consider joining Dr. Joel Wallach at the RK Prepper Show in Kansas City, Missouri on September 30th through October 1st. For more information, please call 417-863-7149. 417-863-7149. 
Are you happy washing your hands with harsh chemicals? Are you happy doing laundry with detergents? Are you happy paying high prices? Find your happiness with Pure Soap. These all-natural, earth-friendly Pure Soaps are the very best you've ever used. Buy in bulk. Get a 12, 36, or 48-month supply. Or get items individually and still save big. You're getting soap products twice as good as what you're using now. Earth-friendly and natural soaps. Your family deserves the best. Happiness is 5starsoap.com. Why not put your money up the drain for a change? See them at 5starsoap.com or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. Cal Bend Soap Company can save you thousands of dollars and give you good old-fashioned real soaps that are triple concentrated. Soaps made from vegetable and coconut oils. See their full selection of soaps at 5starsoap.com. That's F-I-V-E starsoap.com. Or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. If you're 85 or younger, would you like peace of mind and comfort for your family? We're Final Expense Direct with an urgent message for you. The average funeral today costs over $8,000, but the most you'll get from government benefits is $255. How will your family pay the difference? We can help. Our senior plans start as low as just a dollar a day and pay up to $30,000 for a funeral and other final expenses. Peace of mind is easy. There's no medical exam. You'll have lifetime coverage, and your plan can't be canceled as long as you pay your premiums. Call now for free information about our senior plans. Answer a few simple questions and receive approval right on the phone. Plus, call right now and we'll give you a discount prescription card for free. Call 800-557-0158. That's 800-557-0158. Again, 800-557-0158. listening to Jim Paris live. All right, we are back in hour number two of next week's show. Super excited to have with us Janice Grady, who is part of an elite uh, group in Scientology, and she's now left Scientology uh, years ago and now has a blockbuster book out, which we just got. And I'm really interested to hear what she has to say next week in hour number two. It's all about Scientology. Tonight, our special guest is Robert Sullivan. His book is Cinema Symbolism 2. And uh, just as we went into the break, so this is going to be fun because in this uh, segment here, I want to talk about, you said there's a lot of hidden messages about Jesus. Let's talk about that. And then let's talk about the exorcist. So we'll kind of, we'll we'll take those two things and juxtaposition Jesus with the exorcist and tell us a little bit about both. Right. Jesus' uh, imagery is is sometimes very well concealed uh, in movies, and there's a great talking point on this. Um, this is something I got into in the first book, but I get into in the second, where um, the actual casting of an actor and actress can be employed for in occult purposes. When I say occult for hidden purposes, and you'll see where I'm going with this in a minute. But sure, um, so for example, with Jesus, um, we have uh, John Connor, uh, J.C., Jesus Christ, um, sort of virgin birth by his mother, whose father is not around, uh, to come and save mankind from the evil machines. Uh, We have John Coffey, J.C., who dies for the sins of the South and the Green Mile, can heal the sick and resurrects the dead, resurrects the dead mouse. Um, We have, uh, in the science fiction movie, The Day the Earth Stood Still, we have the um, alien who comes down from the heavens, uh, to perform miracles, to admonish mankind, uh, to correct its ways, you know, or else, uh, to teach mankind, uh, you know, a better way of living. Uh, what is the, the alien's name is Klaatu. Uh, what do the earthlings call him? A carpenter, uh, Jesus reference. Uh, the one that's really interesting uh, is, and this is what I was talking about with the casting, uh, is in, in, in Star Wars. Uh, and when I say Star Wars, I'm talking about the ones Lucas did, episodes one, two, and three. Uh, the Anakin Skywalker figure um, has some Christ-like uh, attributes. Um, and if you if you watch that series, this is episodes one, two, and three. This would be Phantom Menace, uh, Attack of the Clones, and uh, um, Revenge of the Sith. This, this is the ones I'm talking about. Um, if you go back to the first movie, uh, Anakin Skywalker's Virgin Birth. Um, and this is when Liam Neeson is asking the mother, he said, well, who was the father? And she says, well, there wasn't one. There, he, he was, you know, there wasn't one. So we know wow. Anakin Skywalker's virgin birth. 
And uh, the mother who plays Anakin's virgin mother, of all things, uh, is a, a Swedish actress named per Pernella August. Um, and this movie came out in 1999. Uh, that very same year, Pernella August played who else but the Virgin Mary. Uh, she played um, in a TV show uh, in 1999. She, she was in a series called uh, Mary, the Mother of Jesus. Where wow, she this is interesting. It's, it's almost like you almost think, ah, coincidence, but no, too much. <laughs> too much oh, no. to be coincidence. Yeah. And then then uh, I've got here in my notes here, um, you know, The Exorcist, which, of course, is just iconic. I mean, it's it's still, you know, it's it'll never be forgotten as being that movie. Uh, that that splashed onto the scene and i remember my parents going out to see that movie and i remember being a young child and the babysitter came and my parents went out for the movie and i remember the buzz everybody talking about and then my parents went i remember my mother in particular was was just like emotionally a basket case for days after seeing that movie now now there's some hidden stuff in the exorcist if not everything you notice isn't bad enough uh tell us what some of the sort of hidden things are in the exorcist which i guess you get into in this book oh yeah it's actually this was something i talked about in the first book but i'll revisit it, it's no problem um the exorcist yeah it's a great movie i mean it's very scary very terrifying no question i mean it, i think the first time i saw it it probably traumatized me traumatized me but um, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's one of my all time favorites. It's a great film. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this movie obviously deals with the whole whole idea of dark versus light, good versus evil. Um, you know, where um, you know you you get into the the whole idea of um, light. This it's an interplay with light versus dark in this movie. Um, for so, for example, um, you know, we we have uh, the, the the mother walking home, and they set the time of year. Uh, with this, this is something also these directors like to play around with. Whenever there's demons or darkness, uh, these movies inevitably take place in the winter months. Uh, this deals with the the, the, the decreased light, uh, the sun. There's no light. There's no div divinity. Um, so, so you know, it's always darkness. Uh, you'll find this in The Exorcist when the mother's walking home. She gets accosted by the trick-or-treaters, uh, indicating to you. That's interesting you say the darkness because that's the same thing with really all the horror movies. You never have like a scene where someone's at a park and it's broad daylight out and then something happens. I mean, that I remember it, it the, the, is always either dark at night or like you said, a dark season of the year. This is absolutely true. Um, the, the, in the exorcist, the trick or treaters come by this to your subconscious mind. You know, this is now Halloween. Halloween is the halfway point between the autumn equinox, which we just passed and the winter solstice. This is when the darkness takes over. Um, so of course, you know, what, 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 what Friedkin is doing is saying, okay, well, you know, it's darkness. This is giving license to the dark demons to, or the demon to run amok, deface the statue in the Dahlgren chapel and possess the little girl. Uh, interestingly, Stanley Kubrick does this exact same trick in the shining when Jack Torrance is interviewing for the job, the 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 manager tells him that the uh, hotel's operating hours are from mid-May to October 30th. So you know when the Torrances arrive at the hotel, it's what date? Halloween, October 31st. Uh, and yeah. again, same thing, what happens? The demon, it's darkness, and all the demons come out to terrorize the family. Uh, going back to The Exorcist, when Car this is a, 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 an interesting one, when Karis, at the very end, the savior, uh, the little girl, uh, it takes the demon in and leaps out the window and falls down the flight of steps, ultimately to his death. Uh, when he's laying there dying, you will see the word pigs uh, spray painted on the wall next to him. And I guess this comes out of the Bible story of uh, Jesus exercising the demons, uh, casting them into a herd of pigs and then throwing them off the cliff. Um, and of course, this is what happens with Karis. He exercises the demon that tumbles down the staircase. So it's, it's symbolically telling you that the little girl's not possessed anymore by invoking that biblical. Wow, story. that is. Yeah, that is fascinating. That's yeah. that, that is really interesting. Now, w one movie series that I really liked. W was there two or three national treasure movies? Was there two of them or three of them? There's actually two of them. Uh, there's rumors that uh, there there is a third one, but this rumor has been around for years. But yeah, there's... Um, they, there's this is the one, they got into all this stuff about uh, Freemasonry, and uh, it was just a lot of fun. I mean, that, that one was a little bit more obvious, a little bit more, you know, obvious what they were doing with the symbolism and all that. But But I know you get into that one more in this new book. Is there anything hidden in that book or is that all sort of playing it out like in front of you all this symbolism 
Oh, no, the National Treasure movie was actually something I took on in my very first book called The Royal Arch of Enoch. Uh, but, but I revisited it um, in Cinema Symbolism just briefly, so I'll talk about it. But, um, yeah, that, that, um, uh, that, that movie is very interesting for me because I am a Mason, and uh, that movie is a Masonic ritual. Uh, if you watch the first National Treasure movie, you are literally watching a Freemasonic ritual uh, on the very screen. It's part of the high degrees. Uh, the ritual is known as the Royal Arch of Enoch. Uh, the ritual... Uh, documents the recovery of this sacred Masonic Templar treasure in a subterranean treasure vault beneath the holy ground in Jerusalem. Uh, and this is what the movie's all about. Uh, it's the recovery or the restoration of this lost Knight Templar Masonic treasure in where else but a subterranean vault beneath the holy ground in New York City. Uh, and they set it in New York City on purpose. Uh, Royal Arch Masonry um, ties into a man named DeWitt Clinton uh, in the United States. And Clinton was uh, a very famous Royal Arch Mason. He was the former mayor of New York, firm, former governor of New York State. Um, so when you're watching National Treasure, uh, that is um, a Masonic ritual before your very eyes. In Cinema Symbolism 2, I actually wrote a chapter. I got, I got a lot of very positive feedback about this. And I actually incorporated a chapter um, in Cinema Symbolism 2 called Freemasonry and Popular Culture, where I took on uh, more of the Masonic aspects of movies like Johnny Depp's The Ninth Gate. Um, there was recently a TV show that was just recently canceled called Sleepy Hollow. Um, that has a very uh, interesting Masonic overview. And I'll add to the uh, conspiracy here that uh, my biological grandfather, who I never met, uh, who died before I was born, was actually a 32nd degree Mason. <laughs> so those people that think, okay, these two these two guys are working together, Rob and Jim, the brainwashes. But uh, we'll come back after the break, and we'll get into more of this, including the Harry Potter films. Stay tuned. Don't miss it. Hello, everybody. This is radio talk show host Jim Paris for FreeSurvivalGifts.com. If you're a survival buff like me and like to try out the latest survival gear and gadgets, then you're going to absolutely love freesurvivalgifts.com. At freesurvivalgifts.com, you will find a wide array of survival gear, books, and videos that are all 100% free. That's right, just pay your own shipping. Now, I know you're asking, why is all of this survival gear free? Well, the companies offering this gear are doing so as a way to promote their brand and introduce new products. Check it out today, freesurvivalgifts.com. Com. Pick up one or more free survival items for you and your family. That website again is freesurvivalgifts.com. Check it out, freesurvivalgifts.com. Actual testimonials from real Numana customers. I've tried all kinds of food storage, and Numana is by far the best. I'm a single mom with two teenage boys and a full-time job. I don't always have time to cook a four-course meal. That's where Numana has been such a blessing. I can spend less time in the kitchen and more time on what matters most, like helping with homework. Find out for yourself. Order online at thepowermall.com. That's thepowermall.com. Numana is... Food stores I love to eat. Yum! Thepowermall.com. Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNloans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNloans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNloans.com. That's GCNloans.com. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. 
Hello? Congratulations. For what? For losing all that weight. How'd you do it so fast? ASAP. ASAP what? What's that mean? Are you ready to get as skinny as possible, as soon as possible, as simple as possible, and as sexy as possible? I'm listening. Then get with the ASAP program. It's real and it works. No smooth talk, no slick advertising, and no exaggerated claims of success. I've got to know more. Welcome to ASAP, as slim as possible. Whether you have 10, 20, or 50 pounds to lose, ASAP is your weight loss answer. ASAP targets the abnormal fat reserves and makes them available to be burned as fuel and contains no caffeine or hormones. Order ASAP at wholesale prices or join the team to share the business with others. Visit GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Lose weight and look great with ASAP, as slim as possible. Want revenge on the common housefly? Well, after 10,000 years, someone has finally come up with a better way. The Bug Assault, a miniaturized shotgun, which utilizes ordinary table salt as ammunition. Non-toxic and no batteries required. $39.95 plus shipping and handling. Use discount code GCN and receive 15% off your purchase at BugAssault.com. Fire your fly swatter and get your Bug Assault today. listening to Jim Paris live. All right, so there's even some of this uh, hidden symbolism in this show being that I have a grandfather who is a 32nd degree mason and also Rob Sullivan is a mason. So there you go. But I'm not a mason. I don't have a problem with it. I hear good things about it. One of my friends is a mason. So, but I know there's a lot of conspiracy theories about the masons also uh is is that something that's been around for a long time rob the conspiracies uh swirling around the masons or is that something more modern day uh Uh, yeah no it's been around for quite some time uh where it got reinforced from was uh in the early days of the founding of this country uh there, there was a lot of masons who founded the country and after Washington died in 1799, this is a guy who I just mentioned, the, the person who politically picks up Freemasonry and uses it to nation build is a guy named DeWitt Clinton. Um, and he was working behind the scenes. So that's where the Clintons started, right? All the way back then. Yeah, it's, it's not, there's no, <laughs> no relation to Bill and Hillary. But, um, but at any rate, Clinton was running the secret Masonic cabal uh, behind the scenes of government. This got exposed uh, in the 1820s. Um, and it did all but did masonry in. There was a huge backlash in, in the country. Uh, the only way, one of the main reasons masonry survived it was because of the president at the time was Andrew Jackson, who uh, was a staunch Freemason and didn't cave into it. But uh, it masonry. So this was passed. one. This was one rogue mason that almost brought the whole movement down. Oh, he, well, well, it was a guy named William Morgan. Um, whether he was a mason or not remains a mystery. Um, some say he was, some say he wasn't, some say he tricked his way in. He, uh, what happened was in, in the mid-1820s, he threatened to and somewhat did expose certain Masonic secrets. This didn't go over well. He was arrested in Batavia, New York, on a trumped-up debt charge. Um, and in the middle of the night, about 15 Freemasons abducted. This is true. Abducted him from his jail cell, took him over the Canadian border, and he was never seen from again. Uh, there was a, 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 a kangaroo court. Um, uh, the jury and the judge were all Freemasons and everyone got off scot-free and there, uh, DeWitt Clinton had to get involved. At any rate, this caused this huge backlash against the Freemasons um, and it really almost did a minute, didn't it? But um, it was the first time that the people learned that there was a secret Masonic cabal working behind the government. And this is uh, in your Royal Arch of Enoch book, so- some of these things? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you, you can find it there. Uh, and, and, you know, I get into, you know, a lot of the streetscapes of Washington, the architecture, the seals, all, all this stuff in the country is very Freemasonic. And again, I think, I think a lot of the negativity towards it is because there was no transparency with it. Um, the guys who were doing it saw it all as positive, but I will be the first to admit that there was no transparency. So I can understand why people have suspicions about it, but to just wrap up, 
the, the whole thing was done in in the 1820s. Masonry survived it. It distanced itself from its esoteric side of, of, of things, you know, the symbols of the ritual, although it remained. Masonry just reemerged as, hey, all we do is help widows and orphans. We're fraternal order. Um, but, 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 but a lot of people still want to believe that there's this hidden Masonic cabal somewhere pulling the strings. Yeah, it's, it's certainly part of conspiracy yeah. lore, the, the whole fascination with the Masons. Talk, if you would, about the Harry Potter films, which I don't know if this is so much the case anymore, but I remember when those movies first started coming out, a lot of evangelical Christians were sort of boycotting it thinking that it was a legitimate celebration of witchcraft and so forth and so on. But yet some were okay with it, and it got a lot of kids reading books. I think that's what was one positive. But it, it seemed like there was a real struggle there for a lot of Christians, especially to accept that, wait a minute, this is fantasy. This is no different than watching Bewitched, right? right. The, the, the sitcom Bewitched. But, but no, 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 this is re- they're, they're trying to get kids into witchcraft with this book. So tell us about what even maybe some of the subtle messages were in the Harry Potter movies. Yeah, yeah, it, it is really a, an interesting paradox with, with Harry Potter because you're absolutely correct. I mean, you're dealing with, I mean, just on its surface, forget the esoteric imagery. I mean, you know, themes of witchcraft and wizardry. Um, and then it's a paradox because, I mean, here we go again where you have the Harry Potter boy um, as, again, a, a Christ archetype. Um, you know, the savior figure. Um, you know, he's plucked from the doldrums of society to, you know, he's the chosen one who's going to go on and defeat the evil dark overlord, um, you know, and, and bring stability to the wizarding world. Um, and, you know, Harry Potter, you know, is killed and resurrected. Uh, you know, you know, I mean, you'll, you'll find this theme with these with these uh, savior figures, uh, you know, you know, invested with the Christ attributes. So you do have this Harry, par- you have this paradox uh, uh, with this. We almost have the Christ telling. But again, it's very pagan. And it's very, it is controversial. Um, the, the movies are in large a microcosm of the Joseph Campbell monomyth, the hero's journey. You will find these elements in all, all, all these uh, all these movies. Uh, this is very critical in Hollywood. This ties into comparative mythology. Uh, and, and you'll find th- th- these elements in, in, in the Harry Potter movies. But you, you will find esoteric imagery. I mean, uh, you know, in, in the films, I mean, I, we don't, it's, it's a deep study. I'll try to do this as quickly as possible. But, you know, if, if you read the books and you find it in the movies, you'll, you'll find um, the number seven repeating um, all over the place in the Harry Potter movies. And again, the number seven is sacred in many religions. I mean, just think, you know, you know seven days of the week. Um, God created, you know, the earth and heavens in seven days or six days rested on the seventh. Um, you know, the number three, the Holy Trinity, this repeats in, in the Harry Potter movies as well. This is another um, you know, the, the, the notion of the Trinity, think Harry, Ron, Hermione, you'll find this in Star Wars with Luke, Han, Leia, um, two males, one female. Uh, you know, th- this is something that repeats. Um, she uses astrology and astronomy. A lot of the characters bear names to stars or constellations. Uh, the, the, the most clear one, uh, you know, that's interesting is Sirius Black. Uh, Sirius is the Egyptian dog star. This is the Gary Oldman character. Um, and, uh, you know, what is what can he do? Well, he can turn into the black dog. Um, so, yeah, you'll, you'll find this esoteric imagery in the Harry Potter movies. Um, I, it's a very deep study. This material is in the new book. Um, this was something I was originally going to take one in part one in cinema symbolism. Too much, too long. Um, so I put it in part two. But yeah, lots going on inside Harry Potter. I'm just scratching the surface because of time constraints. But yeah, I mean, I, I, it is it is controversial, sort of a paradox there with Harry. Um, and again, I, I could definitely see where, you know, if, you know, where a Christian could have potential problems with this, you know, where it is teaching children witchcraft and wiz- wizardry. But you know, it does have the Christ. And now story. they've got uh, over here at Universal Studios, which is about an hour and a half from where I live. Um, they've got like a whole f- section of the theme park now that is Harry Potter. I mean, yeah. so it's so this yeah. is I mean, this has gone from book to movie to now, you know, obviously merchandising to now like its own theme park. I don't know if it's its own separate theme park. It might be. I, I haven't been to Universal in a few years, but I know that it's a very large part of what Universal is doing over there at that theme park. And uh, kids come from all over the world to be able to see what what they're doing there with Harry Potter. But uh, before we run out of time here, I, a movie I haven't seen, Crimson Peak. Talk about that for a minute. And uh, you say here it's a uh, grand homage to The Shining. Tell us why. 
Right, right. This is, uh, I don't think we're going to have much time to get into this. Um, there's a lot going on inside Crimson Peak. Uh, there's a lot of imagery, uh, again, a lot of dark light imagery. The first half of the movie takes place in sunlight. The second place takes place in the winter months, darkness. The ghosts come out to play. If you haven't seen the movie, um, check it out. This movie is, is worth watching several times. The filmmakers homage The Shining all over the place. Um, I think this is completely intentionally done. In fact, I'm 100% convinced of it. Um, I, to be honest with you, Jim, I just won't have time. There's just not enough time to get into it. But I'll just say this. There's a scene in this movie where the the writer, the failed writer character, um, played by Mia Wasikowska, and this, this is paralleling the Jack Torrance character, she goes into a green bathroom, um, and, a, and a ghost comes up out of the tub and scares her off. I mean, when I saw that, I thought, okay, this this is rem reminding me of The Shining, where Jack Torrance, the struggling writer, goes into the room 237, goes into the green bathroom. The evil female ghost comes up out of the tub and scares him off. This was my tip-off to this. I wa I watch, I've watched Crimson Peak numerous times. Um, you're going to have to read the book for it. Again, I, I just don't see enough time to go into this. No but worries, yeah. And, and I, would, I would also mention, too... Um with the holidays coming up, this is the kind of book I think it's it'd be a great gift book too because it's a very you know well done, very beautiful book, um, but also you know a fun book to read. You know, so if you have someone in the family who who enjoys movies, maybe someone that's a little you know interested in conspiracies, also I think that sort of mind would also uh, enjoy this book. But uh, very well footnoted and documented and. And just really, really interesting. And and when you when you flip through the pages, you're like, wow, there's there's something going on here. <laughs> these are not just coincidences that these certain numbers keep coming back up or images keep coming back up. And I think uh, uh, Robert uh, has really, really kind of made his niche in in figuring this all out for us. And uh, uh, Rob, I know you're on Twitter and 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 all that, but uh, give us a uh, if you have a a Facebook or if you have a web page that people can go to. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you, Jim, for having me on your program tonight. I thought the show was tremendous. You're very well uh, read on this. Uh, you, you clearly have a good understanding of it. So it was my pleasure to be here tonight. Thank you so uh, much. we got 20 seconds for you. www.robertwsullivanivy.com is my website. My name is Robert W. Sullivan IV. www.robertwsullivanivy.com. Links to buy the book. Very easy to navigate. All righty. Cinema Symbolism 2. We'll see you next time. Hi, this is radio talk show host Jim Paris, and if you are like me, you hate all of those monthly bills. Well, I reached the point about three years ago that I decided enough was enough, and I went to war with my personal stack of monthly bills. I canceled cable TV and legally connected my television to the internet, and now I get hundreds of free TV channels, and I don't pay for cable TV. I found a little-known way of getting free home phone service for life, and I discovered a totally legal way to opt out of Obamacare and cut my health insurance bill by more than 60% per year. If you want to learn more about my personal war on monthly bills, check out my website, christianmoneyplus.com. That's christianmoneyplus.com. If you're just plain sick and tired of those monthly bills, check out my website, christianmoneyplus.com. The answer to being in control of your own health care is freedom from insurance. Become part of a group of self-pay patients that come together to share in each other's medical expenses. Individual share amounts begin at $107 a month and $347 for families. Choose from three health sharing programs. Holistic treatments may be eligible for sharing. See guidelines. Discount programs available for dental, vision, and pharmacy. Go to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. Anytime, any place, anywhere, radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective.